Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Happy New Year, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. Now, you don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, and especially today, because film critic and author Diana Sanger is with us to talk about Deadline Romance, her sizzling New Year's Eve Club romantic novella that one reviewer says cries out for a screen treatment. Diana has also agreed to report on the 2012 San Diego Film Critics Society Awards and to discuss the upcoming Academy Award nominations. And, of course, I'll be happy to put my two cents in on that topic. She's one of our favorite guests, so fasten your seatbelts, dear listeners. It's going to be a super show. Just listen to Diana's impressive background. She serves as entertainment editor for the San Diego East County Gazette, and is the founder and editor of Classic Movie Guide. She also operates her own syndicate and online site called Review Express. And this is not all. She's an award-winning journalist who's op- who has won numerous honors from the California Media P- Professionals, San Diego Press Club, and the National Federation of Press Women. In addition, Diana is the author of POWs of the Vietnam War and... Everyone Wants My Job, the ABCs of Entertainment Writing. Plus, as the president of Sands Publishing, Diana and her company gained national media attention in 2001 that included a book appearance on the Rosie O'Donnell TV show with a book that her company put out called Glory, A Nation's Spirit Defeats the Attack on America. And that book was published with only seven weeks after the 9-11 attack. We've been very fortunate to have Diana as a guest many times before, and we love having her on our show. So welcome back to Movie Addict Headquarters, Diana. Thank you, Betty Jo, my favorite radio station in the country, because you're so exciting and so sweet. (laughs) Well, it's because I have great guests like you, Diana. You do get great guests. (laughs) Absolutely, and you, and um, to have you on on New Year's Day, when I'm sure you'd probably rather rather be partying, well, that's that's icing on the cake, and I, I really, really appreciate it. I have lots of questions to ask you, but I wanted to mention to our listeners that the chat room is open, and our producer extraordinaire, Nikki Starr, is not able to uh, to dial in and let us know that, but she is in the chat room, and she says that, uh, that uh, she's here. She hopes everything is working, and so she'll be able to help us uh, wrangle the chat room. But I do encourage listeners um, to sign up if you have any questions or comments that you would uh, that you would like uh, Diana to uh, respond to now what I want to know is 
What is a New Year's Eve club book, Diana? (laughs) Well, I've been part of a critique group, Romance Writers, for 10, 15 years. I was president of San Diego Romance Writers for two years, many years ago. And so um, we got past the point of needing to critique each other, but we would continue to plot together. And so um, one of our members, Jill Limber, whose first book is already out, um, years ago her daughter in college did this thing with her friends and they wrote this list about the perfect man so that's where the idea came from um our (laughs) our new year's eve club series um is about five girls who met in college did a list 10 years later they're getting together for the first time and each one thinks the other has the perfect man but except her only none of them do so they decide to create a new list and so this idea which is the beginning of all our books then spawns each one of our own books as we go off in our life to do our character story. So there's five of us, um, and each one has a book, and like I said, Jill's is already out. um, And it's the first one out, and it's called Loving Mick. And would you like Mm -hmm. me to say a little bit about each book? Oh, that that would uh, that would be helpful. We want to spend most of the time with with yours, but yes, let's get a little a little bit about each one so that we can pique our listeners' curiosity. Yeah, and each one is a standalone book. I mean, they don't sequential. You know, you don't need to read one to the other, but it's just a fun series because there's, everyone's mentioned in each other's books. So, right. Jill's book, I said, calling loving Mick. Um, she had an unfaithful husband who left her and she's kind of down in the dumps living with her parents in San Diego with two kids and when one of the kids runs away she meets a wonderful policeman and they become an item the second Uh book is by uh, Jackie Lee Allen and her book is called um, A Real Man she was in a um, not a good marriage as well and when her husband passed she had an accident one night and was rescued by a paramedic who happened to be a former um, boyfriend and they get together and so, you know, of course, books always have conflict. That's, you have to have that in romance writing. Absolutely. So um, that's that's the first two. And then the third one is by Terry Blaine. It's called Sarah's Cowboy. And, oh. uh, and Sarah is a school teacher who looks for a summer job and ends up on a movie set in Hollywood. And, uh, you know, she loves horses and and great men and who else would be the best man in that situation is the um stunt coordinator so they they have a little fling which is fun book four is mine deadline romance which we'll talk Uh about in a little bit and book five is chef's delight by Teresa carpenter and um it's about uh her losing um, her mom and she goes to work for her dad in san diego in a diner and um you know she wants to find somebody, anybody but the boy next door who she can't stand, and guess what? He's an ex-seal, and, you know, he's anything but the boy next door, as she soon finds out. Oh, that, what a great idea for uh, for a group of books. And, of course, you know that whenever I read um, a novel, I always have in my mind, will this make a good movie? I mean, uh, the movies have spoiled me, I think, for reading because I try to imagine, you know, the book as a movie. And I was so happy when you sent me um, the uh, the copy of your book uh, to review because, I mean, this really should be, it should be a movie. I mean, I, I just kept seeing these scenes 
in my mind, you know, and envisioning the actors and actresses that could play the roles. And you, I, I just couldn't put the book. I just couldn't stop reading. Once I started reading it, I just couldn't stop. So I want to congratulate you on writing such a captivating story. And I really do mean it when I say it absolutely has to be made into into a movie. Now, where did you get your your idea for for your particular book and and why call it deadline romance well you know they say write what you know write in your your own comfort your background what you're around because that's what you're familiar with and um so that's kind of where i I dug in deep you know who's going to be my central character and i am a journalist so i've had incredible things happen in my life that are exciting and you know people always Say wow, you know. So I thought that would be a good place for um, my Emma Ross to start. She's a journalist, and um, but I also wanted, you know, and I'm like you, Eddie Joe. I mean, watching movies I think helps because I think in my mind I'm visual, so I'm always putting mm-hmm. words down as I see the see the scenes in my mind. But I decided to throw something in different because um, my daughter came down with COPD, and so many people have oh. asked well, what is that, you know, and and they don't know that it's a a terminal thing and uh, it only gets worse as you get older. There's no cure at the moment. There are things that help you maintain your lifestyle, however. So um, I was looking for, you know, a character uh, for the hero, and I thought, okay, well, if she has this affliction, somebody would want to fix her, and who would want to fix something more than a dot-com guy? So that's where Daniel came in. I made him, you know, a dot-com millionaire, and they they meet over an interview on her job and, um, you know, are like not thinking that they're ever going to be a couple, but soon they're dating. Yeah. So that's where I came up with the idea. Well, so you used your uh, experience as a journalist, and then you put that together with the – with the uh, the COPD that your your daughter uh, has uh, had, and uh, you you just had such uh, have such skill in drawing us into this uh, to Emma's world. She, uh, I I couldn't help wanting the best for her. You know, I just wanted everything to come come out for her. And she was she's so smart and and compassionate. And of course, hardworking. Now I wonder where that came from. <laughs> she's she's gotten where she is because she's become a national media person as a result of talent and hard work. And I thought, well, I think maybe I know where Diana <laughs> that idea. Kind of obvious, this, huh? Yeah, for this for this character. And then um, I I just got so excited for Emma when she meets this guy, this uh, multi-millionaire internet whiz. Uh, Daniel, who's on almost every financial magazine cover, and I just love the way you you made the, made it seem like sparks were flying between Emma and Daniel during their first meeting, during that interview when um, Emma was assigned to interview Daniel, and uh, it's, just, it's just part of her job, you know. And who who knew that <laughs> that's such a such a sizzling romance. <laughs> Would come about as a result of this of this interview. Now, do you have any um, people that, that that you thought of who inspired 
the the couple. I mean, the romance between the between uh, Daniel and Emma. You know, not really. Um, you know, most most characters in general, and not only in books, but what we see in movies as well. Um, you know, kind of just step out of nowhere. And fortunately, as a writer, I, I seem to be able to just. Um, I don't have to think about it a lot, you know. I just kind of mm-hmm. sit down and it just starts flowing, and, and boy, that's a, um, something I hope I never lose. Oh, right, me too. Um, you know, I mean, of course, you know, as as we learn in Romance Writers, which is one of the best art, uh, organizations in the country to teach you how to write, whether you're writing mm-hmm. romance, sci-fi, or anything. But, you know, we kind of start with our little um, plotting before. I mean, we do like little mosaics, and we put, you know, we actually get pictures of them. I stole my two images I liked from Vogue magazine of two beautiful people. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and then we have to, you know, put where do they live, what do they do, do they have dogs, do they have family? I mean, you kind of have to do all that before you really get into your story. But um, there was no one particular that I said, oh, this is Uncle Joe. I mean, sometimes I know writers do that. You kind of mold them after somebody you know. But at this this time I did not. There was just, it just came. Well, you know, you um, you've had experience, too, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, in writing screenplays, is uh, do, am I remembering yes. that right? Yes, I've written a couple. Yes, they um, and so and, yeah, yeah. So you, you, if uh, if I keep pushing you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, have you thought? I can write of, the uh, screenplay, but we got to find the producers. <laughs> we got to find the producer. That's right. Well, we'll work on that. <laughs> we definitely will work on that. But but when you're um, when when we do, <laughs> when we get the producers, get the screenplay, uh, what actors and actresses would you consider for these roles, and and uh, and why? Have you done any thinking about that? I did some, um, and the first female that came to my mind was Jennifer Lawrence. You know, she's proven that she can play a character with flaws, but yet. She has her own ingenuity. She has determination. She can overcome obstacles, and so I, th- I think she would be a good fit. And she's about the right age. And um, although my heroine's blonde, you know that's no big deal. But that I think she would really embody that character well. She would make a, a great Emma, and of course she's she's on uh, everybody's list as a possible Oscar nominee for that role in uh, the Silver Linings Playbook. Right, right. And I thought she was just great in in the Hunger Games, and she would be she would be good. What what about for Daniel? Daniel took me a lot of time to think about because these characters are like you know just thirty, and so all the ones that we love, you know, the George Clooney and Brad Pitt, and you know all those guys are a little too old. So I started kind of had a looking at the younger ones, and then most of them were too young. So it was, uh-huh. it was a hard hard. Um, thing to think about, but I did come up with a few. Um, one is, is Matt Bomber, who was in Magic Mike and The Glee, and he's got several movies working now. Kind of fits the profile of Daniel, who from the picture I got from Vogue has dark curly hair, and he's just a rapturous bright blue eyes, and kind of a um, formidable face. He's kind of um, stern looking, but you know, just just a real real great guy. Um, the other one was now. Is, Ian, excuse me. Is pardon me, um, Diana. Is he the actor that uh, is on White Collar on on television? I'm Do not you know? sure. He could be because I don't watch a lot of TV. 
Okay, I think he is, and I know he does. He does have just uh, the looks, you know, that would yeah, go. He He's very, very uh, photogenic. So that's so that's. Yeah. A, and I, I would like to see Jennifer Lawrence. And um, is it Matt Bemmer? Is that Bomber, B O M E R? B O. Yeah, I think that yeah. is that is the the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, they would look really great, great yeah, together. Yeah, they would do great on screen. Well, my my people that I visualized, they're they're always. They're always going to be a little bit older. I think. <laughs> Who did you think? But they're young to me. I mean, they seem awfully young to me. Well, I couldn't help think because you got to have the chemistry between mm-hmm. the two. I mean, right. just great chemistry when you're doing a a romance. And of course, I thought that Emily Blunt and Matt Damon had. Oh, I mean, their chemistry together just jumped off the stage in that movie. Off the screen, I mean, in that movie, uh, the Adjustment Bureau. What that was right. a couple of years ago, or maybe last year. Yeah. But they probably would be a, a little, a little uh, too too old. But you know, but, I mean, uh, when you go to a movie, they can ch- it can all change. I mean, they don't have to be this age, so you know, it's it's open. You know. Well, these are uh, the, Emma is very um, professional, and she's been working. You know, mm-hmm. for she isn't just a newbie. Right. And uh, Daniel either, so of course it it could change. But I do like like the. Did you have any others in mind? If we can't uh, get the, your first choices, right? Well, there was one other guy, Ian Sama Helder. Halder. He was in Vampire Diaries. He was on Lost, TV show Lost. And yeah. his name's S O M E R H A L D E R. Oh kinda yeah. Kind of had that look too. Yeah, he he would be good. But we've agreed that our first choice is Jennifer Lawrence for Emma. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll try to get her. We'll try yeah, you to give get her a call today, Betty Jo. <laughs> I will do that. I would do that, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, okay, then we, who's the director that we have to go after? I didn't have to think twice. Joe Wright. Oh. Anna Karina, Pride and Prejudice, Hannah, the soloist. Uh, you know, I had the pleasure of interviewing him last year, and he's just, uh, a touchy feely guy that really is intense in his films and just gets every moment right. I love that choice. Joe Wright made such an impression on me with Pride and Prejudice because mm-hmm. I've been a fan of that uh, of that novel and also I liked the uh you know the Pride and Prejudice that I saw on television with Colin uh what's his Colin Firth. Right. I liked I liked the Greer Garson Pride and Prejudice, but nothing had the visual impact that Joe Wright gave to uh, to Pride and Prejudice. So, yeah, I think let's go after Joe Wright. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're agreed. <laughs> you know his agreed his father-in-law was um, Robbie Shankar. I don't know if you know that or not. Who just no, I did away. not. Yep, that's no. his father-in-law. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you already know him. <laughs> you got the foot in the door there. You know him because you interviewed him. We will see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Well, I'll keep my fingers. I'll keep my fingers crossed on that. Well, do you have a uh, favorite scene or favorite scenes in the, in the book? I think a couple of my favorite scenes are when. Um, Emma and, and Daniel have had kind of a falling out, uh, misunderstanding, yeah. and um, 
he he gets her degree to go to his grandma's farm, which is in uh, Napa Valley. And just seeing Grandma and how he treats her and the life there, you know, she can see that he's so much more than, you know, a cover of Time magazine. He's got heart. He's got love in his heart. He's a, a great person. And I think the scenes there with them on the farm where she actually understands what he's really about and that it's someone she could really love. I think that's some of my favorite places. I like that, too. I thought I thought it was uh, very uh, sensitively done, and you could just get the feel that, that every of, of the characters there. And I thought you did a beautiful job on that, and I I just just loved the the interview. But you've done so many interviews. How many interviews have you ever have you ever counted the number of interviews? You you've know, done I used to list them, and I think I stopped at five hundred. Oh my so, gosh! <laughs> yeah. So you had a lot. You've done a lot. You too. You had a lot to draw. Been a great from. career. So, uh, so you you could draw draw from that, and and you really made that uh, that particular scene uh, come to life. And I do like the beginning of the book very much, where the the women are talking about uh, the, their list for Mister Dreamy. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that that's humorous. That's very humorous, but it's but it's really true. Some of the characteristics that. <laughs> That the women come up with for for their Mister for their Mister Dreamy. I like that very much. I don't want to give too much away because we want the uh, listeners to be able to be surprised at some of the right, things from right. from your from your book. Um, where can the listeners get a copy of Deadline Romance? Well, um, the books are coming out in sequence. Um, Jill's book is out. Jackie's book comes out next week, and then they're being released every two weeks. After that, huh. so my book is um, probably going to be the February third week, and they're available from our uh, wonderful publisher Burroughs Publishing Group um, dot com or on Amazon. And um, Burroughs is a um, relative new startup, a couple of years now, and uh, Michelle Clayman, who is the president, is just created an enormously wonderful company that's welcoming authors and and mentoring them. And um, she Mm -hmm. was smart enough to hire Chris Kiesler, who um, was the big editor at Dorchester Books. Oh, wow. uh, I've never had an editor that's so in touch with story and characters and just, um, they're just wonderful people. So BurroughsPublishing.com, they have... um, little short romance contest and so it's it's a great place to visit that's where you'll find my book so we're so we're getting the our listeners are getting a a little sneak peek of deadline romance today then yes they are so um i i urge them very much to watch for this on february 3rd and uh and order it either from well they can pre-order from amazon.com right yes yes and I, I would, I would do that. You, you won't be sorry if you do that. It's, uh, it's really a joy to read. And of course, I said it's sizzling. If it's made into a movie, what would the, what would the rating be by the MPAA, Diana? Uh, well, it, it's, just a, it's probably R right now. It's probably R. I have to warn all my church group. You may not want to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I would, well, I have to say, 
that my inner church lady <laughs> did sit up and take notice <laughs> a couple of the, in a couple of the scenes, but uh, it sure did move along. <laughs> it did move along, and really uh, just a, a fascinating story and one that's very, uh, very inspirational. So uh, again, I want to congratulate you for and thank you for for doing this. Uh, this romantic novella and uh, I'm just so happy that it'll be available for everyone to read and that we're going to be getting uh, Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> together with uh, director Joe Wright and now all we have to do is find the producer <laughs> and then we have to have Diana write the write the screenplay so uh we're going to we're going to get on that that's going to be one of our our projects that we that we get started on um, all right this might be a good time to um let everybody know that the chat is open, and uh, we do have uh, a lot of guests who are coming in and out, and uh, a World Footprints is there, and so I want to welcome World Footprints. We're really glad to have you there and all the other guests that are in the, that are in the chat room. And um, I thought we would turn now, Diana, unless there's something else that you would like to say about your novella, um, then we'll go into the movie award season, which we're we're heavily involved in right now. So, um, is there something else that you would like to tell our listeners about your about your novella before we go into the second part of the show? No, I think we've done a good job of covering it, and I appreciate it. And I I think you know people will enjoy reading it and the other books. So, just wish everybody a happy reading. Well said, and uh, it will be happy reading if you do. Uh, Check out the New Year's Eve Club book series. Okay, now let's turn to the current movie awards season, and I'm eager to see which films and performances will be nominated for the Oscars, and those nominations are supposed to be coming out January 10th, which is next which is next week. I can't believe that it I mean it's so it seems so early. And of course Diana, I know um the San Diego Film Critics Society has already announced their winners. So let's start by asking you what film was the big winner in uh the San Diego voting this year? Well, we've added quite a few new members this year, so I think our group's up to uh nineteen or twenty, which is great. Oh. And and actually we didn't have any to put on any boxing gloves this year. Everything went kinda of smooth. <laughs> So it was a very nice I remember day. the years when there were <laughs> boxing gloves. Uh, dear listeners, Diana and I are um, founding members from the San Diego Film Critics Society, so so we know uh, about uh, some of those boxing matches early on. <laughs> some people really, you know, are are adamant about their films, but that's okay. And, and we did vote uh, Argo as best film. Yes. And uh, Ben Affleck as best director, and Argo also got, I think, editing, and um, what's one other thing? Screenplay, I think. Adapted screenplay, yes, yes. So that was four. I was happy four, with that. That was four awards. Who who won the uh, best actor and best actress? Daniel Day Lewis for Lincoln, and Michelle Williams for Take This Waltz. I'm Very so glad that Michelle Williams finally won something. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's a great actress. Oh, she is. She's like the old-time silent movie act, actors and actresses. She, she doesn't need any dialogue. You can just yeah. watch her, her facial expressions and her body and language, and you kind of know. she is different in every film. I mean, sometimes you have to do a double take and say, oh, oh, wow, 
I know who that is, but, you know, she just appears as that character in every film. She's amazing. I know. She is She is amazing, and I really enjoyed her performance in Take This Waltz. It was a very, It was also a romance. It was painfully romantic and yes. uh, sad, but just so well done, and she she just did a, a beautiful job. And of course, you Daniel Day Lewis evidently is is winning a lot of uh, critics awards, so I think that's um, that's probably a wise uh, pick by the by the group. What about supporting actress? Supporting actress was Emma Watson for the Perks of Being a Wallflower. Now, Emma Watson, is that from the, is Emma Watson from the Harry Potter series? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hermione, right? Right, right. She's all grown up, or is almost All grown that. up, yep. It was, it was a very um, cute film. Kind of inspiring, yes. I mean, it kind of went some different places you didn't expect, you know, but overall it was had a good cast. It did. It did. It, it really held your attention. That's the perks of being a wallflower. Mm-hmm. And supporting actor? Supporting actor went to Christopher Waltz. Of course. Your Yay! favorite. Yay! <laughs> That's my choice. That's For my choice. Django Christoph. Unchained. <laughs> For Django Unchained. He was the bounty Boy, talk hunter. Talk about a quirky and... movie, huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Outrageous. It was absolutely outrageous. I I saw reminiscent scenes from uh, Blazing Saddles, um, <laughs> yeah. the uh, Mel, Mel Brooks movies, and um, black exploitation films, and uh, spaghetti westerns, and all yeah. tied together with uh, Quentin Tarantino's brilliant insensitivity. <laughs> That's right. The way I, and Christoph Waltz. <laughs> and Christoph Waltz. My goodness, he he just was marvelous in that movie. I've never seen an actor with the in, such impeccable articulation as Christoph Waltz. He he was as good in this as he was in Inglorious Bastards, and he did yeah. win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for Inglorious Bastards. So right. he's um, I'm re- I really got my got my eye on him. I I hope that he that he wins and gets another gets another little golden guy to uh, match up with his with his first so well they well i i couldn't um i couldn't complain too much about uh about the group's awards this this year because i think the these are these are all people well deserving of of recognition and um but now i understand that the the golden globes their nominations have already been announced, and the awards will be given. The Golden Globes, Globes will be given out on uh, January 13th. So everything is just coming so fast and furious here with these it with these is. awards. It's kind of like they're trying to top each other. I think. <laughs> well, we'll yeah. go a little earlier now, and then the other ones go a little. I mean, because everything used to be in February. So um, interesting. It is, but. Um, and, and we're exhausted from from the from, from seeing all these movies <laughs> now. And now we're going to be exhausted from the awards shows. But uh, it's a it's a dirty job, but somebody has to do it, Diana. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we keep doing it. We keep doing it. But anyway, I like the way the Golden Globe takes uh, divides these movies into drama and comedy. It does and, help, um, you know, because I yeah. think we. 
we tend to lose some of the great comedies because you know, when you only have to choose one best film of the year, you're really narrowed down, you know. I know. I uh, I think it's it's excellent. And and here are the best um, drama movies that the Golden Globes have announced: Argo, Django Unchained, Life of Pi, Lincoln, and Zero Dark Thirty. And here are the comedies or musicals that are nominated. The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, Les Miserables, Moonrise Kingdom, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, and Silver Linings Playbook. So those are the films that they they will be uh, choosing from. I do find comedy and music together is kind of a weird category because how do you mix the two, you know? Well, yes, and Les Miserables is certainly not a comedy. No. So, uh, so that's that's people might be kind of confused confused by that. And then the actors uh, that they've not nominated for drama are Daniel Day Lewis for Lincoln, Richard Gere for Arbitrage, John Hawks for The Sessions, Joaquin Phoenix for The Master, Denzel Washington for Flight, and for com- comedy they've nominated. This is my very favorite, Jack Black for Bernie. Bradley Cooper for Silver Linings Playbook, Hugh Jackman, Be Still My Heart for Les Miserables, Ewan McGregor for Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, and Bill Murray for Hyde Park on the Hudson, and the best actress in a drama, Jessica Chastain for Zero Dark Thirty, Marion Cotillard for Rust and Bone, which I haven't seen, Helen Mirren for Hitchcock, Naomi Watts for The Impossible, that's my favorite, Rachel Weitz for The Deep Blue Sea, and for comedy, Emily Blunt, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. I know you like that movie because I've read your, your review, and that made me like want it. to see. Yeah, and I I liked it too after um, your recommendation. Judy Dench in The Best Exotic, Marigold Hotel, and Jennifer Lawrence in Silver Linings Playbook, Maggie Smith in Quartet, and Meryl Streep in Hope Spring. So that's that's what we have to look forward to at the Golden Globes presentation on January 13th, which, by the way, will be hosted by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Will that be fun or what? It'll be different. <laughs> I think it will. I think it will be. It will be. A, it will be a lot of fun. And then uh, the next big. Well, there'll, there'll be the Screen Actors Guild Awards, and then the. Um, the Online Film Critics Society, we're right, we're in the midst of voting, and our uh, winners will be announced on January 7th. But right now, the master, the one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman, which some people say is just kind of a, uh, a call down of Scientology, and I'm, I'm not sure whether that's true. But anyway, it's leading with eight nominations and uh, along with Argo, Holy Motors, I haven't seen, um, Moonrise Kingdom, and Zero Dark Thirty. And the actors they're choosing from are Daniel Day-Lewis, John Hawks, and uh, the actor from Holy Motors, Dennis Levant, and Joaquin Phoenix in The Master. And the actresses, Jessica Chastain from Zero Dark Thirty, Jennifer Lawrence again for Silver Linings Playbook, Emmanuel Riva for Amour, and the young girl from Beasts of the Southern Wild, Kawanze Wallace. I'm not sure that I pronounced that correctly. And Rachel Weiss from the from the Deep Blue Sea. So that's the what the OFCS online film critics are 
kind of um, looking at to make their awards, which will be announced uh, January 7th. And then we get to the biggie, which will be the Academy Award nominations. And so I'm asking you, Diana, do you have any predictions for the films that will be nominated for the uh, Academy Awards this year? Well, I think there's pretty much the same ones that you know everybody's <clears throat> voting for. I'm, I mean, I can definitely say Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, probably Django, Argo, Zero Dark Thirty. You know, Catherine's doing quite a quite a job with her thing. Life of Pi might be up there. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a fan of The Master. You know, it's getting a lot I of I wasn't complaints. either. So not sure what's going to happen with that, but Les Mis probably will be and should. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's quite a few. And, and we still don't know if they're going to go with 10 or 5 this year, do we? Well, it depends on how many of those of the films get uh, a num- you know, first place voting in the, in the nomination. So it could be uh, anywhere from 5 to 10 films. Now, last year it was 9. And I wish they'd just go back to five. It makes it pretty complicated <laughs> it sure with does. the ten. But but I think, uh, like you, I think you've named most of the the movies that have the best uh, chance. Uh, my predictions, if it goes to ten, would be Argo, Lincoln, Les Miserables, Zero Dark Thirty, Silver Linings Playbook, Moonrise Kingdom, The Master, Life of Pi, Jangle Unchained and Beasts of the Southern Wild. So, um, so we've made it made it official. I mean, uh, in the archives after the nominations come out, people can look can listen back and see if we if we picked How the film. We did. Yeah, if we did that. What about and then Best Actor? Uh, do you have have any um, predictions on who will be nominated for Best Actor for the Oscar this year? Um, I think Bradley actually might get a nomination. Of course, Daniel will. I think he's probably going to win it. Um, Who will? Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. For Lincoln. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was good in The Master, but I almost felt he was over the top. You know? mm-hmm, me too. Our, uh, Hugh, of course, you and I love Hugh. We'd vote him for anything. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <Hugh Jackman. laughs> but John Hawks was also very good in the sessions. Um, so I think those would be among my top picks. Those would be your top. And, and um, I, I'm predicting with you, Daniel Day-Lewis, Hugh Jackman, again, be still my heart, Joaquin Phoenix. I thought that was an ugly performance, but it was very, uh, it was it was well done, although I, I, I wasn't that sold on the movie. Denzel Washington for Flight and uh, John Hawks. I think those those are five. Those are my predictions. And four actresses. Let's go to the to the best actresses. What which actresses do you think will receive the nomination? Uh, I'm going with Helen Hunt for the sessions. I think she was incredibly brave in that. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence for Silver Linings Playbook. Jessica Chastain for Zero Dark Thirty. Michelle Williams for Take This Waltz. And Naomi Watts for The Impossible. Oh, I'm so glad you put Naomi Watts in your um, predictions because that is one of the best performances ever on film. 
in yeah. my book. I think it stands at, it stands with like uh, Paul Newman in The Verdict and Judy Garland in A Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. She just, I mean, every everything she did in that movie was was just perfect, and it was hard. Was and the movie really The Impossible, hard. oh. It, it was just, it moved me so much, and I thought it was so I, I inspirational. I the second time when my family was here, and it, and it just, it impacts you every time. And, and the, all the performances, those little kids, oh, my gosh, they were amazing. Oh, the, the older son. <laughs> Tom Holland, yes. Oh, he was, I don't know where they found him, but he was he was just fantastic in, in that movie. And it was his movie. first movie. I mean, he had done a voice in um, the Disney film, Spirit, Ariarty, whatever that Disney movie was, but yeah, the, the first secret, feature film, Secret World, Secret, yeah, yeah, Secret World of Ariadne, yeah. Well, right. he's he's just he's worth watching more than once. I'm telling you, and we saw it again too. We've seen it two times, and I feel the same way you did about that film. It's not uh, a crowd pleaser though, and no, uh, a lot of people yeah. kind of shy away because they think it's a downer, but it's really not. It's it's really inspiration. It's one of the most touching. Films that, and just the I mean, filmmaking is amazing. How they I did thought that. so. The amazing. cinematography, everything about that that film. Yeah. So my predictions would be Jennifer Lawrence for the um, Silver Linings playbook. I, I liked her a lot in The Hunger Games too, but mm-hmm. uh, everybody is thinking of her more for for the for the playbook. So I'm predicting her nomination for that for the uh Silver Linings movie. Um Naomi Watts as we mentioned. I think that uh Michelle Williams deserves to be nominated. I'm not sh- so sure that she will be, but I am predicting that she will. Marion Cotillard for Rust and Bone, which I haven't seen, but I've heard so many good things about her that um I'm predicting that she will be nominated. And then I have a sort of a tie between Maggie Smith in in Quartet and um, the, uh, Helen Mirren in Hitchcock. Now, what did you think about uh, the Hitchcock movie and her performance in that? I didn't care that much for the movie, but I did like her performance. I thought she was really she was the best part of that movie. Well, no, Shel Williams was good too, um, but yeah, Helen Mirren really stood out in that. I think, I think so. Great. I think it was her movie more than. Yes. Yes. More than Anthony, uh, more than Anthony Hopkins. Um, again, I didn't, I didn't care for the movie, but I thought she, I thought she was excellent. And Maggie Smith, she sometimes gets in there for nominations, uh, you know, no matter what she do, what she does. So yes. she was great in Quartet. Did you happen to see that? I did. It was delightful. <laughs> it was a great movie. And I didn't know until the beginning that all those people in there were actually real musicians. Oh, I didn't know that. And yes, when you read the credits at the bottom, it gives you their actual pictures and and what they did when they were young, like if they were in the opera or the orchestra or whatever. Every one of them was a real musician. Because I kept wondering, you know, is someone really playing their part? But no, it was them. They were actually doing all that <laughs> stuff. Well, they were they were great, and and Dustin Hoffman did a wonderful job directing yes, that, and it certainly was, as you say, a delightful movie from from beginning and end. 
uh, Diana, I can't believe that our time is almost up. Uh, oh, you no. and I could just we could just go on talking, <laughs> you know, the rest of New Year's Day. I think about movies and your and your wonderful uh, novelette, which I, I'm so impressed with. And I did want to mention that uh, Becky uh, Clairvoyant is in the chat room. We welcome Becky, and I see that uh, one of our loyal listeners and uh, fellow host of Blog Talk Radio. Comedy uh, Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts. So I want to say hi to her and give her a big shout out, and uh, say happy Happy New Year to uh, to all the chatters and and thank them for uh, for tuning in today. Now again, I urge the uh, listeners to check out Diana Sanger's Deadline Romance, which will be coming out on uh, February the week of February third. But you can pre-order it on Amazon. Dot com And thank you so much, Diana, for being uh, such a great guest again uh, today. And I, I know you'll be coming back soon, right? I will, Betty. You're such a wonderful host, and I thank you so much for the attention and all the time and all the good memories we have about movies. It's so fun. Well, it's always fun to have you on the on the show. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for featuring this episode as one of today's staff picks. We really appreciate it. And to Nikki Starr for everything she does to help make Movie Attic Headquarters such a treat to host. Special thanks to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Please come back next time when our guest will be film critic Mac Bates and Kyle Olson, who's founder of the Milwaukee Summer Entertainment Camp. Mac and Kyle are involved in a lot of exciting projects, so it should be another fun show. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com, and you'll find many of Diana Sanger's wonderful reviews on our site, as well as her own site, reviewexpress.com. That's all for now, folks. But because it's New Year's Day and we've been talking a lot about romance, here's Brian Ferry to take us out with a great romantic song from Casablanca. I'm sure you know the one I made. Happy New Year, everyone. Remember this A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by And when two lovers move They still say I love you On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of day Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man And man must have his name That no one Still the same old story A fight for love and glory A case of do or die 